Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucksters? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Welcome to it. Sarah Snook is on the show today. She's on one of my favorite shows, I think maybe ever, uh, Succession. She plays Shiv Roy, and she's Australian, which I didn't know. And uh, she was in Australia when I spoke to her, actually in Australia. And that was a pretty good connection, I thought. Um, yeah, we live in amazing times, both for, for good and for horrendous, for fucking horrendous. Yeah, man, I just, um, I can't sleep like I used to. I think that happens as we get older, I'm told. And, like, I start tossing and turning about 4.30. That's when shit starts spinning. That's where I miss uh, Lynn a lot. That's when I think about my own mortality. That's when I think about the end of the world. Those scenarios, the uh, how many days do I have before they start pulling people out of their homes and shooting them in the gutters out in front of their houses. How many more days? And then I get up. God damn it. I got some emails, some messages, some things, some people who related to uh, the dynamic I have with my father. Well, I'm here to tell you, I called him yesterday. Talked to him. He seemed okay. Level. No real politics. He did seem to suggest that the virus might just go away. A fucking doctor. He was a fucking doctor. Might just go away. Things go away. What? Do they? Like what has gone away in recent history without a reasonable vaccine or treatment or behavioral changes? We didn't get into it. He didn't fight me on it. I think he would just wasn't thinking. You know when people say that? Like, so I know, I'm sorry, man. I wasn't thinking. That's the problem. Just wasn't thinking. But it's a different tone, and they don't admit to it. They could just be like, wow, you're right. I just wasn't thinking because I was feeding my brain with garbage. There was a spigot of garbage going to my head, so it felt like I was thinking. It felt like it. There was, they would say things that would lock onto feelings, and then it felt like I was thinking, but I wasn't thinking. I'd, I'm sorry. I wasn't thinking. I'm sorry I wasn't thinking. I the stress is on I. Yesterday was my 21st sober anniversary. 
21 years without a drink or a drug. Can't say I haven't had some cake or some pie or jerked off a couple of times or had some pretty intense sex, but not a drink or a drug. You find other things, don't you? I had some coffee, a lot of coffee. I boil my brains out on caffeine. But none of it's the same. Nothing makes my life unmanageable. Be careful out there with your uh, vaginas and penises, all right? Just be careful. If you're going crazy, take it easy. They can only take so much before they go a little numb on you. But I don't know what's going to happen. Nothing's looking good. If that's the way you want to go out, 21 years and I'm very grateful about it and I've, I've uh, enjoyed the help of you people and I've enjoyed uh, the feedback that I've helped you people that's the way it works couple alcoholics drug addicts trying to stay sober talking to each other do I feel better I don't know am I happy that I'm awake for this sure I don't think about it anymore that's one of the gifts that for me and I only speak for myself I am not a representative of any organization or group but for me uh, working the program in the secret society, after about four or five years, I the obsession to drink and use drugs went away. It, I did no longer thought about it as an option or even a default. Like somehow or another, and I'm a guy that thinks about shit compulsively for sure. Like I can't get on this mic without getting a coffee or a tea or you know, get, or having something to eat, eating nine things. I just ate some cake. Ate some fucking cake. Ate a mountain of tortilla chips today. Homemade guacamole. Grilled oysters, which were dubious because I left them sitting in the fucking fridge. I'm just saying that I am prone to compulsive behavior. Thank God, not gambling. And I know what it's like to certainly like when I was doing the nicotine, it's going to be a year off nicotine in a couple of weeks. You know, just looking forward to it, looking forward to it. My reward, my relief, my ticket out. Get me out of here. Help me. I deserve this. But I'll tell you, man, I don't think I don't think of it as an option. Not only do I not think of it as an option, I don't think about it. Hey, man, I want a cigarette. Hey, man, I want some weed. Hey, man, you can I have that one hitter? Do they still have one hitters? Hey, man, can I get a shot? Can I get a shot? Can I get a shot? Can I get a shot of Jameson? Can I get a shot of Jack? Can I get a shot? Take a pint, pint of lager. Just I'll just do one line, just one line, just one line. Crush that fucking pill up. Crush it up. I don't even know the slang anymore. Crush that fucker up. Let's snort that shit. Tap out the bubbles, motherfucker. Nope. Don't think about it. And that's a gift. Because that struggle, and that's the struggle a lot of people have at the beginning where they're like, am I ever going to not be crazy? It's going to take a few years, man. Because you're fucking crazy. You've been medicating crazy. You're going to have to get through the crazy. And I know this is the ba- a bad time to have to deal with this shit, but it might be a great time. This might be a perfect time for you to start getting sober. What else are you doing? What are you drinking away? Well, I mean, I get it, but like all those stresses, if you're in dire straits, unemployment, money, that kind of stuff, housing, sure. I don't think drugs are going to make it better. I don't think drinking is going to make it better. But if you do have the, the wherewithal, and some safety net in your personal life, and you think you have a problem, this is a great time to try to get sober because you can focus, man. Focus on it. See if there's some Zoom meetings around. They're all over the place. You can go to a meeting anywhere in the world right now. 
I'm just saying. There's hope out there. It does feel better. You don't want to be anyone. You don't want to be a slave to anything, do you? You don't want to not have a choice because that shit in your dresser owns you? Huh? Come on. The house is quiet. I feel the absence of both uh, Monkey, and obviously I feel the absence of uh, Lynn, the sadness. But I got little fucking Buster, that little brute. Buster Kitten, that little bruiser. And it's weird that he's acting different because he's like he's lost his bully juice. He used to run around like crazy in the morning. I think that was just a fuck with Monkey. Now he's just, I don't want to project. I don't want to anthropomorphize too much. I don't want to assume he's sad or grieving or mourning. I think he's adjusting to being the only guy. And now he's got my full attention. And I don't think he knows what to do with it. Would you? Would you know what to do with my full attention? Do you know how exhausting that can be when I'm paying full attention to something or somebody? But I realized I didn't really know that guy, uh, Buster. I knew him a little bit when he was younger. What is that? Oh, my God. What's happening? Oh, my salmon's ready. Oh, fuck. I'll leave it on there. I'm slow. I'm like, uh, it's on a low temperature. I'm kind of smoking it. So, for later. Because I have nothing to do and I cook when I have nothing to do. And I'm still cooking as if, like, many people are around and there's no one around but me. I'm cooking. I'm buying food and I'm making food. Like, there's still two people eating it. And I look at the food. I open the fridge. I look at it. And I go, that's great. I got a lot of food. And I don't end up eating it. I used to eat popcorn every night with Lynn. And now I haven't eaten any popcorn at all since she's been gone. I can't eat popcorn anymore. I'm eating garbage. But Buster, I, uh, I just didn't know him. And now I'm getting to know him and it's okay. We're going to, we're going to be all right, but it's sad, man. It's sad. Okay. That's where I'm at. Okay. So Sarah Snook, who I love, she's great on the show of succession. She's been nominated for an Emmy for supporting actress in a drama series for her role as Shiv Roy in that show succession. She's also in An American Pickle with Seth Rogen, which I neglected to talk about with her, uh, which is streaming on HBO Max. And also, there will be a very short discussion about the end of season two of Succession. And I've been yelled at enough times about spoilers that I will interrupt the interview to let you know it's coming and tell you how to skip ahead. All right? Spoiler people, you should have watched it by now, though. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking. This is me and Sarah Snook coming up. Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something to say in class 
class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on down where you're in Melbourne? I'm in Melbourne, yeah. Is that where you live? uh, I live in New York, but I've lived in Melbourne this year out of a suitcase because I got stuck here at the beginning of um, the pandemic. Yeah. Oh, really? And you couldn't get out? No. Well, I had, I could have, but it just was not reasonable to go back to New York at the time. It was like March. Yeah. Why go back to New York? I get it. Things were exploding there. And I was like, well, you know, maybe I'll just lay low in Melbourne for a bit. Um, And that was March and cut to, what are we, August? I don't fucking uh, know. You know, like it's my it was my niece's birthday two days ago. And I was like, yeah, August. What? <laughs> Who? Oh God! What's happening? Yeah. Were you able to go have a party? Did you do that sad front yard drive by shit that people do no, here? No, not even that. She's in Queensland. We're all sort of oh. desperate. We've been separated as well. Where's that? How far is that? That the other side? It would be 19 hours for me to drive plus two weeks quarantine if I to Queensland. <laughs> to Queensland if I went and visited. Our state borders are closed. And because I'm in Victoria, in Melbourne, um, we're sort of like the pariahs at the moment of Australia. So this is the first time Melbourne's closed up? Uh, no, this is the third. We did like lockdown in, in, in March, April. And then we went down into a lockdown at the beginning of um, uh, what month? Uh, end of July. And then we went into another lockdown during that lockdown. That lockdown's been cancelled. We've got a lockdown 2.1 where yeah. we have a curfew now. You can't leave your house after 8 p.m. at night till 5 a.m. in the morning. Uh, you can only leave to go out for an hour of exercise per day. One person per household can go to the shops and supermarkets. Really? Um, How are they enforcing that? I don't know. Just oh, common, yeah. <laughs> common good, you know, community-minded <laughs> people, hopefully. No, I guess, I guess we had that too. I guess it was... Uh... That's the way it was at the beginning, and I, I imagine we're yeah. heading heading back for that. Do you like so? Are you you're just everyone's wearing masks? I don't know why I think I'm I'm treating Australia like it's another planet, but I have no sense. It feels like it right now. I it, for me, like I'm at my friend's house, um, living off the kindness of my friends, out of a suitcase, and I do feel very isolated, like I'm on a different planet. I had to go do some work uh, yesterday. I had to do ADR, and I I guess I got special dispensation to go do it. For um, what? I'm just, for a um, film, uh, for pieces of a woman film. Um, you guys didn't shoot. You didn't shoot another season of Succession, did you? Not yet. No, no. That it was a film I shot in January. So you guys are stuck. Yeah, we're we're stuck starting, waiting uh, to begin again. That's such bullshit because it's like the one show that I I like to watch. <laughs> I can't even shoot Glow. They they put that off until next year, so we're not even going to shoot our fourth oh. season till next really? year till they've, they've definitively said not till yeah. next year you're not start. yeah wow. yeah so like yeah, okay surprised that we're 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 still in this conversation of like no no we're gonna begin we're gonna begin we just don't know when where do you guys you know, shoot we'll generally? this month for then new york and most of it's shot in studios no uh, it's out 
in people's houses and there is studio stuff and we have been told that they'll build more studio stuff but you know we we shoot out on the street a lot and we shoot in, yeah i know, you know yeah we yeah, went yeah. to the hamptons and we went right to right amazing places we were meant to go to like italy and uh dubai i think or you know places that were for this season yeah but that's i don't know what's going to happen with that that's uh all being recalibrated i guess have you seen the scripts no mm. not at all and i think they're still being written i think they're taking their time now just kind of tinkering yeah they better also- if, when we do go back to work there better not be any of that like well we're still writing no you can't be <laughs> not allowed See, i'm okay with that i'm okay with that because i think with our show like we they, we get presented a script at the read-through and then you know, we might be shooting in the next two or three days. But right. There's always a draft that comes through that's changed and again changed. And then when we get to set, it gets changed again. And we get given, you know, like eight pages of alts of these lines. You want to change that, change that. And it's very like there's a there's a communication about how it evolves and develops. There's well, nothing great. ever that changes major on plot. That's but, right. But I mean, I, no, that's fine. I understand that. But I mean, they should definitely know where everything's going. Yeah. You yeah. Know, they should know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. You know what's going to happen. I always wonder about that, though, with these shows, because, you know, I've had a show on the air and we didn't fucking know. Yeah, we'd sit and go. It wasn't like Succession. You know, this is not the arc of like this, this uh, super rich, powerful family. But I always wonder, like in the mind of the writers, do they like do they know how many seasons they got planned? I know that Jesse, I think when he um, pitched even to HBO, he he would have had seasons like outlines of what was going to happen for the next sure. couple of seasons. Right. I just um, wonder, cause most, most shows they want them to run forever. Like you, they never want to stop them. Yeah. And I think the best shows are like, we're going to do four and then we're done four seasons. Yeah, I, I feel like Jess would be classy like that. I feel like four or five. And yeah. they would, I don't see this go, like, you know, running to the finish line exhausted. I feel like not know, game of Thrones leaving on a high note. No, I, <laughs> I don't know. I never actually saw the end of Game of Thrones. I never saw any I, of it. I saw the first two seasons. You never saw any at all? No, I, I don't. I, no, don't be so shocked. I mean, it's easy. You just don't watch it. Sure, sure. <laughs> Were you a person who decided not to watch it because the rest of the world was talking about it so much? And you went, No, nah, I just like, I've just never been like the fantasy guy. I don't give a shit about dragons and knights. Sure. Yeah. And, and it all yeah. seemed very complicated. Like, I'll sit and watch The Wire and I'll watch three yeah. episodes a night. But I'm not yeah, going to watch, yeah. you know, armored people and you yeah. know, and flying lizards. I can't do it. I'm just not even a judge. <laughs> it's just not judgmental. It's just like, I don't know if it'll hold my interest. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> I didn't think it would either for me, but it did. Like, it did. I certainly was interested. But then there was a part of me that was like, ah, the rest of the world's talking about it. I'll get to it another time. But how many were there? Weren't there like <laughs> a, 20 seasons? How many seasons were there? Nine? Eight? Eight, Eight I think. Yeah, eight or I want to say like seven and a half, but definitely eight. And then they, ex- ex- I think they expanded one into two. Uh, what have you been watching now? Pen fifteen. Oh, that's great. <laughs> I love that show so much. This is the second time I'm watching it. My housemate has never seen it. And, oh, uh, so I was like, hey, let's go back. I talked to them. It was good. They're amazing. Like, it's so easy to forget that they're adults and not for like. It's really <laughs> actually it's, thirteen. It's pretty fascinating, and one of them was on my show for a couple episodes actually. Anna? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. she's great. It's actually amazing to watch it again to get like the just the tiny things that Anna does particularly with her face yeah. that is just so right right. She's able to play a 13-year-old or 12 13-year-old girl 
pretending to be a mature woman. Like there's like a kind of a mothering maternal instinct about her. Right. And yet not seem like an adult. Right. It's amazing. It's trippy, right? They, and they yeah. do it. You believe it. Yeah. Like, I don't totally. know. And now, like, they're screwed because they were going to do another season, but not, you know, but not change the year. They're going to have, because, yeah. like, all those kids are going to be, like, 20 by the time we shoot again. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> no, I never thought that that would be so particular about uh, that one in particular. Because I remember so... asking them, are you going to, are, are, is the next season going to be, like, the next year? And they're like, no. And I'm like, are you going to get new kids? All those kids yeah. are going to. You know, they're not going to be like change school. Yeah. For some reason. So let's like, what is your story? So you're like a huge star in Australia. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Because I love uh, your work and, but I don't know a lot of it. And I know that because I'm looking at, you know, what you've done (laughs) and scrolling my own DB. Well, I, I, I usually go to wiki for some reason, but but there's like all the, there's a whole industry in Australia. Where did you did yeah. you do all your schooling and everything there? Where'd you grow up? Yeah, yeah, I grew up in Adelaide in South Australia. What is that compared to? Um, paint, paint me a picture of Adelaide. Adelaide. What's, it, what's it like? Adelaide's Adelaide's like a big. It's a city, but yeah. it's a, it feels like a big country town in a lot of ways. Okay. The first question people ask in Adelaide is, "Oh, well, yeah, what school did you go to?" Okay. And then then you would know somebody from that school or somebody who went to that school, and therefore you would know their brother or sister or. Oh, so it's like uh, work out how you related somehow. Medium sized city. Yeah, it's like a million people. Or well, when I was growing up, small city. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but I grew up next to a national park in the hills, and you know, I've always felt like I was really distant. Like when my um, mom moved in with my uh, stepdad it was in the north of Adelaide, and we grew up in the south of Adelaide. Mm. And I remember thinking, oh, no friends are going to visit me. It's so far away. And I was there recently, like two years ago, and and drove from from that area from Prospect to, to the hills. It's twenty minutes, twenty five yeah. minutes. It's like, the other side of the city, yeah. not that far at all. But you and were yet a at kid. the time, it was like a gulf. It was yeah. so huge. Yeah, yeah, you're a kid. You're like, oh no. Yeah. How old were you? Yeah, I'm down on the plains. I left when I was eighteen. How old were you when you had to move up north though? When the big shift <laughs> down off the down off the hills. Uh, I would have been fourteen, fifteen. Mm. Oh, so that makes sense. Yeah, Did well, that's you have a to big, that's a big change schools? Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that yeah. was just coming out of, out of into high school. Yeah. Oh, what a nightmare! Yeah. New people, yeah. fucking worse. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and also having gone to one year of high school with all my friends, you slowly get disconnected from their lives, and you can't yeah. keep up. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm glad that. about it now. Like I, you yeah. know, it builds resilience, right? Did it? it? Sort of well, wait, throws like, you into a different area. So when did your parents break up? Like how old was that? Eleven. Oh, so that was a nightmare. Yeah. Oh yeah, traumatic. <laughs> it was right. No, it was fine. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, and but I don't like now. Not I don't have any. Um, Oh really? Everybody's I cool. Have it, I wouldn't have it any different. Right. No, I mean the the silence and hesitation with my voice. No, would... I wouldn't have it any different because of like who it's who it's made me today. Like right, I wouldn't sure. change. I think that's a good way to look at life if you can manage it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I I tried I tried to do that. Yeah, I mean yeah. my parents. It's great because like you know they're they've got their good things and their bad things, but like you know. 
I just try to focus on the good things and, uh, yeah. and suppress the bad stuff and not hate them for it. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, as long as you don't get into the serenity now situation. It's sort of just go like, thank God they have the good things and bad things. Yeah. I, I, that I, makes uh, you real people. I don't know, man. What's your dad? Is he, <laughs> are they around still? Yeah, both my parents are around. My dad's. Uh, my dad lives in Perth. My mom's in Adelaide. Perth? Still. That's like way over there. That's like the belly button of the world. It's like the most isolated city in the world. It's very distant. It's from from Sydney. It's a five hour flight. So What's it's he like do there? Between New York and, and LA. What is there? What does he do there? Oh, what does he do there? He sells pools. He sells pools. There. Yeah, yeah it's in retail. Swimming yeah. pools. Yeah, swimming pools. It's warm over there. It's very hot. Above ground swimming oh. pools or. Both in an in an above uh, ground in ground. So he's got it. He's got guys who'll <laughs> dig you a hole if you want a hole. Yeah, I guess he 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 plans the hole digging and wow. and what I wants and so that's build a pool. That's his yeah. racket. That's yeah. what he always did, or is that? <laughs> no, no. I think he wants to get out of the racket soon. I think uh, out of the pool game. You know, he's seventy. What is he? Seventy-one. He's getting out of the pool game. It's about time. <laughs> Sit by the pool rather than build him, right? Yeah, that sounds good. And do you have siblings? I do. I have two older sisters. There's all sisters? Yeah, yeah. Three girls. Yeah. And you're the last one? Uh-huh. By That's... 10 and 6 years. I'm the baby. 10 years older? You're so... One of your yeah, sisters? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you were like, ugh, what what happened? What happened? <laughs> I was the mistake. Is that what you were about to say? <laughs> yeah, I was the mistake. A happy one. A happy accident. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least they yeah. had it down. And at least they yeah. could, did you have, did your older sisters have to take care of you half the time? Well, do you know what? I, I didn't realize this, you know, like I think as you become the ages that your sisters were at some point, yeah. you sort of realize new things. Right. And both my sisters have kids now and it occurred to them and me that I was their first baby. Um, yeah. When, Cause my sister was, was 10 or nine and a half when I was born. And so she was able to hold me and carry me and right. look after me, feed me and, yeah, figure Those out not to hurt you and drop yeah, you. And, yeah, yeah. Like, two years old, she's, yeah. she's old. That's wild. So they and have so real memories of that. Kids, she was like, wow. And in, in some ways, I realized also that they've known me longer than I've known myself. Like right. my consciousness about how old I am well, now that's interesting. really Yeah. But they've known me longer. That's right, because when she was 15, you're five. And yeah. that's like, you and know. And then they left home. Both of them left home at 18. So I then, I had you know, a family of five that went to a family of two. That's always the sad, sad story. Yeah. And then like, you're you're all alone. Then you get ripped out of high school, dragged up. (laughs) You're really painting a real like traumatic childhood here. Oh my God. It's fine. I mean, you know, there's no like Oliver, Oliver twist here. No, I get it. I get it. And what about your mom? Was she, uh, what did she uh, do for life? She, she did bits and pieces. She went, you know, when I was, uh, I think this was probably pretty instrumental by mm. chance, I guess. Yeah. She was a, a Disney sales rep at some point, um, at one point where she would sell the videos that Disney was. Um, yeah. So I got like first look at, um, at the little mermaid and at uh, the Lion King and Aladdin and, and I would sit in the rumpus room. Do you guys have rumpus rooms in America? It's like such a thing in Australia for the, from the 80s and 90s. The Wait, like, room. like the, the have, like, redone basement. basement? Totally. Yeah. To- yeah, it's the basement. Yeah. Um, we had that at the end of our house. Uh-huh. I would just sit watching Disney films back to back and on repeat. 
and crying every time um, Simba's dad died. Like, <laughs> but at the end when sure. when Scar like pushes him off, crying. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then repeating and knowing all the lines from the genie in Aladdin. So you think this song. was instrumental in uh, in nurturing your performative imagination? Yes, I think so. Yeah. And I thinking about it recently, I was like, um, uh, the this I would intuitively go, no, don't watch heaps of Disney films because of all the princess stuff. Because that's not me. Uh, you know, I don't like that kind of narrative, like a man sweeping in to save the princess, that kind yeah, of vibe. Right. But I watched all those films growing up, and that didn't turn me into this at all. Yeah. I watched those films and wanted to be Ursula and Scar and and the genie and Jafar and sure. all the bad guys. Sure. So, yeah, what do I know talking about princess films? So you're, but you're, like, kids. at this point, you're you're alone. The older sisters have gone your your parents and you this you have a, a new dad, right? Yeah, he came in at like fourteen. Yeah, nice guy. Got a new mom as well. I had a stepmom. Yeah, he's lovely. He's fine. He's, he's, Everybody's he's, uh, okay. You you get along yeah. with everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah oh, that's absolutely. nice. Yeah, it's yeah. not one of those sad sort of like, well, I don't know where my dad is. And, you know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Good. We're all in touch. And 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 your sisters, <laughs> you get along with them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah, how rosy. <laughs> Are they? Do they live nearby? Are your sisters nearby? No, my sisters in London. One one's in London, the other one's in um, Papua New Guinea. Um, New Guinea. Girl, yeah. What's yeah. going on there? I mean, it's a pretty interesting country. So when did you like start doing performing things? Like it seems like oh, I, I don't I know, could... like from when I was a kid, I guess. You did you did school plays and things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never never professionally never. Um, I never got paid to do it until I graduated from drama school. But, um, you know, I was one of those kids who was just the drama kid who would do a performance at assembly or, you know, there was like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Junior orator. And I would compete in speech writing things where you had to 10 minutes, write a speech and then perform it. Like um, debate? Did you do debate? No, weirdly I wasn't into debating. I don't know why. It was just the speeches? yeah, maybe I was like monologuing, <laughs> yeah. not debating, yeah, yeah. dialoguing. Yeah, I don't want to defend anything, and I don't want to argue with anybody. This is about this is about me, and I'm going to do it myself. Yeah, yeah, and I want it all laid out, structured, and I want a character to play. I don't want to be myself and argue a point. I want to be somebody else. Thank yeah. you. Oh, you did yeah. characters then, as or yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Did you make oh, them yeah. up? I, yeah, I mean, we we did plays and we would make up plays and things like that. And I learned all the Roldal revolting rhymes off by heart. And, the what? <laughs> Roldal's revolting rhymes. What are those? Have you? Oh my goodness, they're great. They're, I got to write them down. Were... What is it? Is it an Australian thing, or am I just stupid? No, Roldal. Do you not know Roldal? How do you spell you know it? Roldal. How do you? R O A L D, D A H L. Is the best children's writer ever. He wrote the witches. BFG, oh no, I, I don't know. I, I've no. I'm, I wrote it down thinking that maybe it was your accent, and there was no way I was going to understand what you were saying. Wow! And now I've written it down, and uh, I don't know who that is. Wow! Oh, I'm so excited for you. I mean, I mean, there's there's a lot of children's stuff, but he's he's got a lot of adult um, fiction as well, which is great. Short stories. Okay. He's an amazing writer. I, yeah. I feel bad that I don't know him. So you did a lot of that stuff. Yeah, I would read to myself at night, you know, read the witches out yeah. loud. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and learned those revolting rhymes. I think Stephen Fry and a bunch of other you know famous British actors that I wouldn't have known at the time um, did voice like they did a um, a tape that I would use I used to listen to a lot, and then I just learned it by rote listening to the tape. Oh, okay, um, okay. Form of my family when we would go camping. <laughs> That, now we're <laughs> <Those> annoying kids <laughs> it was like right you finished dinner let me perform <laughs> were those tapes i'd like to see the videotape of that. <laughs> there is one of me doing a dance to um the uh, like under the sea uh little mermaid oh yeah yeah, yeah. t-shirt and i thought i watched the tape recently and i from my memory was like this is amazing I've done all the the moves, the choreography. I've practiced all day. My sister's going to tape it. It's really good. Yeah. It's not. It's not at all. I, how, I, old, how old were you? Like a shaking jellyfish. I would have been uh, eight, just let's, running around and doing flips, thinking I was really cool. Well, I mean, I, I don't think you can be too hard on yourself looking at it at your age now. I don't think you should judge <laughs> no, it. It was probably no, it's am- very sweet. Probably amazing. <laughs> sure. It's very cute, but so, it's not good. <laughs> Your parents, what you did, you just you go right into drama school after you know, uh, whatever your version of high school is there. Yeah, I did. I auditioned at the end of um, in my uh, HSC sort of last exams, year twelve exams. I auditioned for drama school then. And, and you did uh, plays throughout high school, or just the oratory stuff? Uh huh. Uh huh. Yeah. So and you had a good yeah, I did, did plays. And... Did you have a good drama teacher in high school? I did. I had I had a couple good ones. Because I, I went to a school that had a really good drama program, and I went there as a um, on a scholarship. You went out? Oh, you mean for high school? Yeah, so I, I I went on a drama scholarship. So I had to I got to do and had to do the um the senior and junior team okay. team quote unquote team like um, after school ex- extracurricular drama stuff, which was great. So as a year eight. As a thirteen-year-old, I was work. I was able to work with and and learn from the fifteen, sixteen-year-olds. Right. Um, yeah, and that was with Mr. Jeffress. He Mr. was great, Jeffress. Andrew Jeffress. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we had uh, good drama teachers in in high school as well. We had uh, Sheldy, who this is a strange thing. You, as I said before, about like when you grow up and you become the age of your siblings. My drama teacher was 27, 28 when she was teaching us. And yeah. then you pass that age and you go, oh, of course. That's why we're, we were friends and close at high school. We're still friends now. But it makes sense to me now. But at the time, it was she was so much older and she had a whole life. And she's only 28, 27. Well, it's yeah. good when you have those experiences where, you know, you can look at it and, and still be impressed as opposed to like, oh, my God that person was that age and now I'm this age, like what were they doing with their life? Sure, How can... sure. <laughs> yeah. Do you have many of those? I'm trying to think. Usually that's limited to like camp counselors and things like that. Sure. Like what was that person doing? Um, yeah. But yeah, everybody was a lot. Yeah. My, my parents, my mother had me when she was 22. Can you even fucking wow. imagine that? Whoa. Have and you, you got brothers and sisters or just, I'd have just a little you. brother. But she was twenty two, and that just—that's just yeah. what people did. Twenty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's young. I mean, it's—it's it's not, I guess, at the time, and it's perfectly fine. But is it not at the 22. time? It's weird because, like, I get like you look at pictures of people of my parents' generation, like when they're twenty two. Like, I looked at their wedding album recently, and they look forty. Mm. They look like they're. <laughs> it's like what do is... they have? Like the bob beehive, the, the beehive. Yeah. Yeah, right. some of that going yeah. on. 
Uh-huh. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I love about that generation as well, though, is there's there, uh, certainly in Australia, there's a generation of particular like Italian, Greek family, um, older generation who just wear the same clothes that they were wearing when they hit adulthood. And so just kept they look older. They always just look older because they're wearing old right. clothes. They're wearing right. clothes from the, from the 50s, from the 60s, right. or the style, wearing right. the suits, wearing the three-piece, the, the waistcoat and the hat. You, Never changed. Yeah, you just look older. As as a 30-year-old, you'd look like you were 60. Yeah, at some point, my mother decided to go the other way and try to hold on to like 27 for, you know, right. to this day, you know, in her Dunmonties. 70s. And I can't can't even go into it. And singlet tops. Then no no idea what hair color she. I'm I don't know what her real hair color is. No sure. idea. Yeah, sure. She <laughs> might not even know. Yeah, I, not now. I, I don't think so. But um, all right. So, do you feel do you feel like most of the stuff that you learned in in terms of acting you learned before, like in high school? I mean, do you still use? I mean, I I don't I, I know it's hard to talk about acting, but sometimes I ask people because you seem to have yeah. a specific approach to it, and I always wonder because I know a lot of it's just natural. But were there, was there stuff yeah. that you learned from these people that were uh, influential to you at that age, where you're sort of keep using? I think the stuff I learned at high school um, was that you can get by on talent. But that it will run out at some point. That That's it's, it. Shit. It's all very well. When does that happen? <laughs> I, was, you know, like, I thought that was going to last me the whole time. That's all I've got. <laughs> You're peddling talent. That's all. That's it. No, you got to have. Yeah, you feel like you got to have a little technique. It's just like becoming an adult, right? You just have a bit of. Oh, technique. technique. Yeah, I have that. I repeat things over and over again. You know, yeah, sure. you know what you're doing. Yeah. You got it. That's it. I, with <laughs> acting, as a kid, you're just like throwing at a wall and seeing what sticks. Like, well, yeah, well, you can get by on all. charm, you know. You know, for for you know, sure. for, for you can get you can charm your way through most things, you know, other than mathematics. Almost anything mm. else, you can mm. charm your way through. That maybe that's why I quit maths in year ten. <laughs> this is not working anymore. No. No. I'm out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't. You can't be like, come on. I mean, you. Know, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to algebra. I was like, I could do algebra. There's some letters in this. I could do this. It's conceptual. I couldn't do it's it. It's creative. I get this, but yeah. none of this times tables plus one. I couldn't. Yeah, I couldn't do algebra. Plus one, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't. I could not do algebra. Yeah. How long did you try for though? <laughs> She's just going. No, I'm out. I did the. I did, well, I couldn't just quit. I just like almost flunked out of it. I just couldn't wrap my brain right. around it. Geometry, yeah. I was good at because it had a shape, oh, yeah. and you had to make a, mm-hmm. an argument. You were like, sort of like, mm-hmm. you get to prove that this is this. I'm like, okay, I did yeah. all right with that. So, because you're dealing with the shape, I didn't know what the hell algebra was. Yeah, I, I feel know. like interesting maths. Oh, I feel I, perhaps if maths was to- there's a couple YouTube channels right that teach maths to adults that people <laughs> yeah. have gotten really on board with yeah. so much so that I've never even bothered to look at them. <laughs> but, How is it going to help me? It occurs now? to me that I might like them. What are they doing it for? Just to keep their brain active? The fuck do I need yeah, that I for so. now? Yeah, because <laughs> they're trying to not get by just on talent. They're trying to get some. No, technique. how's that going? What am I going to be out in the world being like? Let me just work this out an algebra problem. I've got to. <laughs> You're saying yeah. <laughs> they want me to Pay go where to shoot what? Okay, so yeah. that's X equals, yeah, no, not going to happen. Uh-huh. Pay for, use, the, use it at the store to pay for it. But to be honest with you, 
like in terms of acting, I mean, I, I knew that I was bad at it. And then like I but I also knew that I, I could I had a certain amount of raw talent, but I didn't really start applying any real technique to it until later. And it was sort of on the job training. I, you know, I'm a comic. So that was my oh. life for decades. And then when I got a show, I knew I would suck for at least two seasons. <laughs> And then it yeah. like, and I, I kind of did. And then the third and fourth season, I got the hang of it. And then I got cast yeah. in this other show. And I'm like, I know how to do this. I can be this guy. Yeah, I'm not yeah. quite, I, he's not exactly me, but all I have to do is take out a couple of things that I always do out of my personality and be this guy. Yeah. 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 You got it. Oh, thank you. I mean, you should have just run the drama school I was at. Yeah. Just here's what you do you are who you are, and it's beautiful. When you look at the character, you can't change it. Right. You look at the character and you see how that person, that character is different than you. And then you make your adjustments mm -hmm. and, and then you go forward. Yeah. But see, I feel like that's a really good way to just be a human being. Right. And like, I can't apply it to being have, a human we, being at all. We, I can't. <laughs> a, whole, a hell of a lot more empathy for, for people who like have a different opinion or think have a different religion or think differently. You just take sure. out the parts that aren't you right. and consider some parts of someone else that is different and then reapply them to you and go, oh, okay, that's how it feels to be somebody else. Oh, I won't treat them badly. Oh, but what isn't if that, it's, that's, that like basic, that's how right? it feels to be a racist monster? Oh, but yeah, yeah I'm going to go ahead and judge them. <laughs> I'm thinking the racist monster should do that in the first place and uh, think about what it's it. like oh, to be somebody else. So you're saying else. that this is something <laughs> like, I get it. Yeah. You're, that, if you're this doing is, it already, you're probably a step ahead, right? Right. This is a technique for the for the bad people that you're peddling. Yes. I get yes. it. Oh, well, <laughs> sure. Sure. Maybe we can get them all together and teach them this. Just uh -huh. travel School the world. Yeah. Um, so what happens that you go to, uh, Did you? was there any famous people that came out of your high school? My high school, like that, well, uh, it's a fancy drama high school, right? Where because oh, I know you, no. yeah, Australia, no. Australia seems to manufacture fairly uh, good actors and actresses. We do seem to. We seem to punch <laughs> above our weight um, for population yeah. <laughs> per capita. Somehow we've got a lot. I wonder why that is. Have you thought about it? E... Maybe you guys need to pretend just to get by because you're stranded down there. <laughs> we like we like telling stories. Yeah, yeah. You like telling okay. stories you're about you're Australia. There's a there's a sort of inferiority mm. complex to the entire country. Oh, huge. Yes. Yeah, so. Huge. The entire country. And if we, you know, raise with a tall poppy syndrome, if you right. raise your head above any kind of other puppies, you get chopped Oh, out. really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have so you heard I, about tall poppy syndrome? No, I've heard I I've heard some uh variation on it. I don't know if I've called it yeah. if it's if I've heard heard it called that but i understand what you're saying well i mean that would lend itself so instead of doing that if you do something spectacular like become you know a different person and entertain you can't really be accused of that but yeah, you can unless, be and you but you could still person. be better than other people sure but if in as your regular person self if you say I'm better than everybody else, yeah. then that's just you being arrogant right. and you should be put in check. No, but no, but no, but you should, if you do it as a character, like I'm this guy and I'm on stage. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You get to live out yeah, your, that's what I'm saying. your wildest. That's how, you, yeah, that, sure. that's how you rise above in Australia. Yeah. Put on a show. <laughs> a version of acting. I'm this character. Yeah, yeah. I'm on stage. It's yeah, yeah. good. Good, yeah. You are an actor. Man. I know. Did you see how, how I became that guy? <laughs> it was so believable. It was like, it was almost like a cartoon character. Yeah, 
crazy. Like sometimes right. like I'm just in yeah. it right away. Like it, it almost seems uh-huh. like I had built, I'd spent time working on that guy. <laughs> I could tell. So yeah. what, so what happened? So you go to a, a fancy drama academy? I did. Yeah. I went to NIDA in Australia. NIDA? Where's that? It's in Sydney. The National Institute of Dramatic Arts. Is that the one that Kate Blanchett went to? That's the one. She okay. did. Indeed. Yeah. And um, she and is that the one she's involved with, or she doesn't she have a theater? Like she started a theater. She did. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, was artistic director with her husband of the Sydney Theater Company. Right. So, which is our national flagship um, theater company. So you went to that school. Uh huh. And that's yes. where you learned the technique, where you where you <laughs> took all yeah. your raw talent. <laughs> yeah. And and learned yeah. how to uh, harness it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, as any drama school, you sort of get beaten down, stripped bare emotionally and then built back up again and then have to do a lot more building and rebuilding once you've graduated. But uh, I had a, I, you know, I, I had a fine time at, at drama school. I sort of in some ways flew under the radar really? and in others um, was my first end of my first, was it first term assessment? I think uh, I was, it was a bad thing, but I was told that I was an, too much of an enigma and that I needed to express myself more. Oh, that's and interesting. And that was me, I think, just being, I prefer to just, you know, see how the land lies. But they read it as, uh, as being like, you know, like, like you were hiding. Yeah. Holding back. Mm. And, hiding. Yeah. and what did you do to stop holding back? Did, did some teacher put you into some role where you had to like, you know, be the crazy, uh, like, like I remember I took an acting class in uh, in college and he made me do a monologue. I don't even remember what monologue it was, but he forced three or four other dudes in the class to hold me back while I tried to walk across the room doing this monologue. <laughs> this is some real Barry stuff, right? Yeah. I don't know what the hell it was. Maybe it was just him entertaining himself. Uh-huh. Because I was full of rage. Yeah. That's yeah. putting a real obstacle in your place. To, yeah, like to I didn't like I don't have enough already. Like you know, I'm not <laughs> sure. you know, I'm I'm not I'm manufacturing obstacles as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't remember ever being physically held down and asked to monologue, mm. but um we did other things. I I did play Irina in Three Sisters, which is the youngest of three sisters, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's totally me, I know how to do this, but I don't know if I did a very good job. I do remember having to cry on stage, but I sneakily had an area backstage where I could go to just before, grab a switch a hanky that had tiger balm in it, and then go, go back up the you stage, cheater. dab my eyes with tiger balm, and then look as if I was crying. You're a cheater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No one knew, though. That was yeah. it, it gave the effect of it. Fuck it. You know what it's I mean? acting. You know, the whole thing's Well, you got to go, you have to go too deep into it. You know, just pretend. Yeah. 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 But you could cry now, right? they believe it, they believe it. Right. Can you cry? Oh, sure. Really? (laughs) I mean, some, yeah, sure. Sometimes. If if I'm in the mood. I could cry. I think I could cry. Like, I, yeah. You want to try and cry now? No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean. I probably could. Sure. I mean, I think all of us could at some point, in some ways. You, but can't, it's, you it's should. Most of us could use a good cry, I think, really. It's very good for catharsis. Yeah. It's very, very yeah. good. How long was yeah. that program? Four years? Uh, three. Did you do sword three. fighting so, and everything? Fencing and we dancing? 
said, how did you know? We did. It's been utterly useful. Uh, Has it? No, we, no. I just like, it just seems that when there's a long drama program that, I mean, in order for, it seems for them to extend it or for you to get your money's worth, there's going to be some dancing and some, and some sword play. <laughs> and some fencing. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough, I had done fencing at high school. Um, not for very long, but I did do fencing in high school in the same kind of situation. I think that the drama department there were like, Oh, well they'll need to learn fencing and sword play for theater stuff. Yeah. And really only men do that most of the time in, in the Shakespeare. Um, oh, that's right. Cause it's only really ever in Shakespeare and it's only men who've used the swords in Shakespeare. Now what's your, what's your, uh, what's your take on Shakespeare? I mean, <laughs> and be honest with me. Oh, he's, he's got a couple good, good things. <laughs> it's great. What are you talking I think you'll go far. He's <laughs> I mean, been around a while, probably for a good reason. I'm just, uh, uh, I'm just sort of a dick about Shakespeare. I'm like, you know, like I you know, don't like him. No, I know he's great, but it's just hard for me to get through, and like I don't yeah. really get it because I, I've not spent the time necessary to appreciate it. It's yeah. a matter of listening. That you know, like yeah. you can give up with Shakespeare, especially if you're watching it, sure. and if it's not being done well, you could be like, I'm exhausted. That's the thing. Yeah, and they are long plays. But I do, I've seen yes. a lot. And every time I see it, I hear something different and go, whoa, how extraordinary to create that piece of imagery and that part of the imagination. And then in some ways I love it because you skate off over there and you miss what's going on and then you have to come back. Yeah, and you but have to know the play okay, to really right? appreciate it. Sure, because it's it's Shakespeare and you've probably yeah. seen it three times or read it five times. I mean, most people who enjoy Shakespeare, whatever they're seeing, they've seen mm. it done a dozen times. And they've read so, it, however, yeah. you know what I mean? It's not, there's not going to be any surprises other than how it's performed. Yeah. But also the stories are, we're still doing those stories. It's still the person who wants power, uh, fucks over the person who's weaker. And then that person comes back and, and kills them and then has something to do with their mother. And, you know, there's like a whole, the, the stories we just keep telling. Well, that's what's great about succession. It's definitely Shakespearean. Sure. Right. Yeah. And even yeah, there's a different King Lear situation going on there. Right. But even like the it like what what I didn't realize at the beginning of watching it was that the language is heightened. It's like they're not, you know, it's so in, in, integrated into these characters and so well conceived. But it's 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 heightened language. Mm, it's not yeah. I, I don't I don't feel that people talk to each other like that necessarily. No, but I I feel like they it's believable that they No, that's what like, I mean. That's what I mean like yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Shakespearean in that it's some sort of take on the language of power and it, mm. it's it's contemporary and poetic, but it's not natural. But it's very convincing. And then it's it's hard for us, well, it, it it's enjoyable for us to have to improvise in that world. And I love that the the family sort of talk to each other in this particular way, which I wonder how different it would be. Because Shiv, for instance, I don't know what friendship group she has, if she has any friends. Right. But how she would talk to them uh, at all. What's, what's her, what are her uh, friendships outside of the family and outside of this way of uh, communicating with these p particular people? They'd be like, Is you'd she... be like hanging out with the, uh, like the Trump daughter, with Ivanka or somebody. Sure. Yeah. She's got friends, right? I guess. <laughs> Surely, yes. Yeah, sure, she rich aristocratic weirdos. You're not. They're. They're not. Yeah. It seems like whenever those people slum it, it's like Jeremy Strong's character. It's like when they when they walk among the the 
the uh, the the norm the regular people they're on drugs or doing something horrible. Yeah, like that scene where he's like, "I'm doing pot cook. I haven't done pot cook for years." <laughs> like, wow. Yeah, you're the one keeping the industry going. Really, it's not the people in the park who are getting you know, slapped with fines for it. It's the people at the top who's keeping the industry going. So how do you? Yeah. But did you do Shakespeare? A lot of Shakespeare. I did. I. Uh, not heaps, but the first play I got cast in outside of um, drama school was King Lear, and I played um, Cordelia and the Fool. Did the the t- the double character uh-huh. um, with a little bit of editing you can do. Who is King Lear? Uh, John Gaydon, who um, is a wonderful uh, Australian actor who played. It was the third time he'd played King Lear mm. in his life, and it was the first time he was actually the age, the right age to play <laughs> King Lear. Really, I think the first time he played King Lear was when he was twenty eight. Um, sort of wild, but yeah, that was, I, oh, and you know what? Hmm. I, um, had to cry on stage in that, as Cordelia at the end when, no, I told John, I said, I can't cry. I'm having a lot of difficulty crying. And I think she's meant to cry here. And he said, oh, do you know what? Have, here's his little secret. I've never cried on stage. Can't do it. Won't do it. Refuse to do it. I can't do it. And as soon as he said that, somehow it like released me and went, if John Gaydon can't cry on stage, I don't have to. Fuck that. Yeah. And then I could, from you, then on, I could. You could do play. it? Yeah. Yeah. Not all the time, but it was, there was a release. Was it a trick he was playing? Did you want to outdo him? Did you want to? He could have been playing a trick, but I think he was being honest. He's, uh. a, he's a pretty honest guy. Yeah. So once you started working, because I was wondering this, you know, there is a way, like I, I was, I was under the impression, I was surprised that you were in Australia and there was part of me that thought like, does she live there? Uh, but you live in New York, really. I, yeah, I mean, I moved to the show. I'm from Australia. I've lived in Australia. But could you live there and work in show business and just live in, in Australia? Australia? Yeah, because it seems like there's yeah, a I lot could. going on. There is. There is. But the kind of work I wanted to do was overseas. And was, what were you doing? Like TV? A lot of TV? In- no, I'd never done episodic TV. The fir- this was the first episodic, long-running series TV that I'd done. The TV I'd done in Australia was short-form series Okay. Six episodes, miniseries, that kind of thing. But you spent time in LA, right? Not heaps. I um, The longest I've spent in LA was two months. But did you like go, I'm going to move to LA and you moved here? No, never. Because I knew that it didn't suit me as a person. I really felt like I wouldn't have been able to keep my mental health balanced if I moved to LA in a... Here's what I got. I'm going to try and make it in L.A. What, it was why, never... what, what were you basing that on? Why did you decide that about yourself? Because it just wasn't me. I just knew that if I got there and felt like I had to prove myself to a bunch of people that I didn't know, I knew that I would inevitably self-flagellate and think that I was shit. Not and only did you so... do you not know them, but they don't know anything. <laughs> sure. But then... How could you choose to disrespect the people who you want to respect you? So I, I was like, well, I just won't put myself into that situation. So I'll remain in Australia, build a career here, and then go when I'm. And just and, and to be honest, I didn't. I just didn't say that I didn't live there. And in Amer- in Australia, I didn't say that I didn't live there. So I just. You'll no go when you're know. summoned. <laughs> sure, when I'm good and ready. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna. Uh, if they don't want me, can't have me. Sort of. But I mean, but then, so. how do you deal with? I mean, you have to audition for things. It seems like half of that, you know, horrendous parade of or the horrendous uh, self judgment and insecurity comes from, 
you know, auditioning. I, was it mm, specifically mm. that there was such a broad spectrum of garbage that's produced in this city that, you know, you would feel compelled to sort of go out for everything and have your spirit trampled upon over time? <laughs> I would, yeah, I would, have been, I would definitely have felt it was my job to go out and on auditions for, for subpar stuff just to be seen and be working, seem, feeling like I was working. Yeah. Um, and I did do that when I was in LA, you know, for two weeks or three weeks at a time. You did some of that? But you I you felt, felt it? Yeah. You got the I feeling? Felt, you, know. you know, you're in you're in a room full of people that you feel that you are completely um, less than because they're far more beautiful, far more blonde, far more tan, far more leggy, far more Oh, whatever. you mean when you're waiting Whatever to go in? You're waiting to go in or you read the brief and it says beautiful surfer and you're like, why beautiful? Why not just like surfer really cool? <laughs> Yeah. Why is it? Why is it some sort of visual aspect of this character that a writer has to put in? Right, but then you call your agent. And you're like, did, did you read the description of the person? Why are you sending yeah. me out on this? And yeah. they're they're like, well, they don't but, know really what they want, but it's written down. But they don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but do you ever have you ever had that where you read that thing and go, it's not me? Yeah. And the and the agent's like, well, we wouldn't have put you put you up for that if you weren't possibly able to be considered as that. I that's mean, a lie actor, that is a lie right <laughs> you know, but, but how would how would you get to put me put up for something that you think that you're completely wrong for even though an outside perspective might think that you're right for it it's your agents trying to make you think you're, that they're working for you yeah <laughs> i feel like that's quite the pessimistic view i mean I, that's definitely i definitely crossed my mind but perhaps it's different now i'm just saying when you're sure. when you're starting out i mean you're kind of a known sure thing now you know you're doing this i don't know high really. i mean i like i like i'm uh i'm completely like i i love your work uh, uh based on you know the very little of that of this one character well thank you very much you're like i'm gonna go <laughs> see other stuff and you, you sure. and you're 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 fun <laughs> you realize how terrible i am no you're a fun person to talk to you <laughs> i think you're very talented you're not you're not gonna you know but i think not only you're just talented but you have technique that you've applied to your oh, talent. Oh, sure, yeah, <laughs> sure. I do now. <laughs> what was this thing with Helen Mirren that she, I just had her on. Did she Oh, like, really? She's yeah. what a woman. Oh, yeah. She's so great. It's great. Wow. But didn't she like, yeah. you know, like uh, help you out or give you a, a, a big nod? Yeah, we did a film called Winchester um, with the Spirit Brothers and I had worked with them before in Predestination and I think she watched, they had, been interested in me for a role in Winchester mm. and and went out to her for a role in Winchester as well. And she watched Predestination as a um spec just to see what they're up about and yeah. what what they're like. And um apparently she had said, um, I'll do it if you cast Sarah as um as the character as this other character. Um I want her in the film. Which is like, oh my gosh, <laughs> swoon. Um and so I, yeah, I got to work with her and meet her and and do that, and, and it's wild. Did you have a lot of scenes together? We had a few, yes, and and I was able to just be on set while she was working as well, which was yeah. amazing. And we had this scene which was so silly, like there was a an explosion and you're hiding from ghosts, and it's a horror film, and sure. and we, you know, it was fun and silly. And we stepped off, and she goes, uh, "Oh, actresses like us, we should be doing some checkup, shouldn't we?" And I was like, "Oh, you just said <laughs> us, <laughs> what?" <laughs> it's like I'm gonna have an aneurysm. 
Um, she likes yeah. doing goofy shit, though. She's great. She was. She's so great. She the the thing that she had when when she got to Melbourne that she all she asked for in terms of like a writer or what can production do for you. Uh, she said, "I'd like a bike and a Mikey card." And a Mikey card is our um our travel card, like a like a metro card in Melbourne. That was it, huh? <laughs> That's amazing. You're just gonna jump on your bike, ride around, and catch the trams. Oh, She's I great. To be you when I grow up. But she did some weird uh, experimental movies like that were pretty. This is great. Pretty sexy, yeah. weird things. But she's yeah. still pretty and, uh, vital, very charming. Oh, she's she's wonderful. Yeah, and yeah. and just the the thing that is, I think, why she has you know enduring sex appeal, what the people talk about, is that she's so herself. She's so. I think that's yeah. there is an essence that is her that she's really tapped into, and she's not afraid to to be that, and also be kind and and generous with her time and. And know her own boundaries. Yeah. It's, yep. Yeah. She's like, and she's, I don't know. I, I was completely uh, excited about the whole thing. So how does, how are you picked out of Australia? If you're not in LA, how does the hand of show business <laughs> come to Australia <laughs> and pick you? <laughs> Claw me out. Yeah. There's a thing called the internet. And uh, no, we self tapes. That's the thing. We we can we can put ourselves on. We can put ourselves on tape and send them to. The I I got a roll on self tape. Which one? The glow in glow, Sam this, Sylvia. The glow, yeah. That's yeah. succession. Yeah, wow. That's what I. That's what I did. You never expect you to get them on self tape, do you? No, you don't. Which I think is that's the key, right? Well, yeah, because <laughs> you're like you don't give a fuck. You're like, all right, let's do yeah. it. So wait. Yeah. So what happened? How did it? How did how how they reach out to you? Um, well, I had auditioned for Francine Maisler a couple of times before. Casting for agent, casting things. director. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yes. she thought and of she, you. I think. Yeah, she wanted to cast me in something before, and and had you know in a small role in um, Steve Jobs, and and you know I think had been uh, had my back in in terms of wanting to to find something for me. Yeah. Um, and so this came through. When I was in Australia, I didn't want to put a tape down because I thought it was out of my league and out of reach. Um, what uh, I put it for that character? Yeah, and also HBO and and just you I decided that you weren't going to self tape because you weren't right <laughs> for the role. Yeah. <laughs> this is that's the version of deciding not to go into the room and debase yourself. But it wasn't saying, even a room; you were all alone. <laughs> no. What were you? Yeah, what throwing your hat into the ether, sure. Uh, Self confidence, huh. um, and I, I read it and was like, "This is awesome," but obviously, this is too awesome for me. So, I, and I'm not. This well, what do you think? What was it? What was the dis? Well, what was the disconnect from the character upon first reading? Why did you well, think she's like she's she's wealthy, she's beautiful, she's you know sassy, and you know they named a few people like think about this and and I I read that and went, "Well, that's not." I am doing this, not me. <laughs> I mean, really? I, yeah, yes, absolutely, yeah. And there was another role for a film that I wanted to do. It was a Linklater film. And I was like, oh, I've got more chance doing that. Which one? Um, uh, Where'd You Go, Bernadette? You, who, who talks you into doing, to, to doing the well, tape? Uh, Jess Tovey, who's, who's an actress in Australia, who's a friend of mine, and she helped me put the self-tape down for that. And- Did she shoot you? Did she shoot the tape? Yeah, we had a tripod set up on an ironing board in my um, house in, like, my place I rented in, in Melbourne. Yeah. And she, yeah, she it was like a case of, like, you got to, 
you might as well just put this one down because um, because you've got your makeup on and you've just put the effort into setting up a tripod and an ironing board, so you might as well. Um, yeah, so I did. And I think it's the thing of going, I'm not going to get this, uh, so whatever. Right. And that kind of indifference. But you made some choices though, right? Well, yeah, yeah, sure. And the kind of um, laissez-faire attitude, I guess, to going, this will be fine. Yeah, I'm not stressed about this because this is so unlikely. Um, and even when I got uh, told to come over for the um, test deal, the last, the final audition, even then I was like, oh, I'm being used as a as a bargaining chip for someone who's far more famous, has a much bigger profile. Oh, a better you, you understand show business. A, yeah. <laughs> you get a free trip to yeah, LA to sure. scare somebody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so going in with that attitude of thanks for the holiday to LA for five <laughs> right, days to right, see my friends. Right. Probably. Uh, yeah. I reckon that worked. Yeah. But, but what well, did in the end? It did work. What did you do when you came over? Did you read with the other people? Um, by chance, I ended up reading with Jeremy because uh, I don't know actually what happened, but I auditioned and then I had to, and I was waiting to do something else. And then Francine said, oh, if you want to read with Jeremy, he's going to come in in, in an hour or in half an hour. Did he already time. have the part? He didn't, no. Um, so why don't you read with him? Because there's a scene that's with him um, and you can just, and then we also improvised terrifyingly and he was so much better at it than I am. And I think, again, that maybe works because Shiv just kind of keeps her mouth shut a lot and watches, and that yeah. works for me. And kind um, of, yeah, you, know, you can see her thinking, and then she talks. Yeah. Great assessment of my acting. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, no, but I, that genuinely is, I think, what she does. She just thinks and then waits to talk. And, yeah. Uh, no, but I think it's good. Unfortunately, sometimes does does think talk without thinking, and then you get like episode five and right, and... and and then it's like, but then all the episodes after that are like, you know, did she fuck up? Yeah, yeah. So what Jeremy, what's that guy's story? He seems to be in it. He is. He's very in it. He's very. Uh, he loves it. He's in it. Mm. He's committed. Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. guy. Lovely. Yeah. Oh, this is the thing. Like we're all great friends. It's, it's really it's such a, um, a lucky group of people to be a part of because I, I have enormous respect for the work that they're able to do that. I feel, you know, I can't do what Karen does. I can't do what Nick does. I can't do what Matthew does. Maybe I can do what I do, but I have, I look to, to them in, in the work that they do every day and, and find it inspiring. And that does sound like I'm <laughs> like hyperbolic, but I do genuinely love to go to work with them because I find it challenging and good. Uh, it seems and like also it. then off screen, we all get along, which is nice. It's, it does seem like just by the nature of the material that, you know, it's got to be engaging as actors because, you know, everybody's sort of, you're actually acting uh, where everyone's trying to outdo each other and, and, get a jump on each other so there's a competitive element to the characters mm. Mm. so it must be very exciting to like almost daily to be in that like everybody thinks they're getting fucked by the person they're talking to and <laughs> you know you've got to be in that so that must keep everything yeah. pretty lively it does and and maybe it's the same thing about you know when you shoot a horror film it's often one of the some, some of the most fun uh, scenes you get to do because uh, the the vibe on set is not you know 
ghosts and killing and right. murder and death. Right. And it's all very light and fun to counter what's going on on screen. And I think, yeah, we're all, all the machinations and planning and manipulations and being cunning is happening on screen, but off screen, it's, it's, it has to be the opposite to balance it in a way. Right. The only one that can be sort of like that on screen is Kieran, it seems. He's sort of. <laughs> sure. That's <laughs> just Kieran. Yeah, he seems to be having a good time. Little yeah. effervescent little imp who just marches in and goes, la da da, and marches off, and you go, wow, you just took a dump and it was amazing. <laughs> like you can do anything and it's amazing. <laughs> he's he's something. You're all you're all very good. The guy who plays your husband, what's his name? Matthew. Oh my Matthew god, Madden. boy, he's just taking. Oh. What a punching bag. Yeah. What a king. Yeah. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. a lot of fun to work with. Is yeah. he British? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, I mean, he, he's Mr. Darcy. He, the roles that he's, you know, he's played many different roles, but he's most known for, I think, the kind of upstanding, uh, troubled, romantic lead male guy. Yeah. Um, male guy, sure. Right. Uh, but so playing this role, I think, for him is been a lot of fun and great for audiences to see him in a different light i've interviewed uh cox a great comedy job yeah oh yeah yeah brian like yeah. He, like he's a yeah. yeah there's a there's a there's a mountain of experience there oh yeah did he do some <laughs> shakespeare for you as well <laughs> give you a monologue he's he's living shakespeare that guy yeah <laughs> yeah. It, yeah etched on his face it's yeah. amazing to see like because he's always been good and always sort of this off to the side kind of guy, but like I've you know, every time I'd see him in something, I'd be like, "That guy's fucking amazing." Going all the way back, I, I think mm. he was the first Hannibal Lecter, uh, wasn't mm. he? Yeah, yeah, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, but he's like be, to find success at this point in his life with this the kind of this type of attention, it just yeah. to see a guy like that kind of be finally kind of relaxed into this amazing thing, it's kind of great. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like, that's what's kind of great about this industry, I think, as well. It's there's it's not a regular. You can't like a sine wave. You can't go. Oh, you go up here and then you go down there. It's it's unpredictable. You could go up. Sure, down if you yeah, you know, if you're like that, like if you're that good a, a character actor and stuff, if you can play all those different mm. kind of roles, you know, like and I I don't know how it works, but yeah, it seems like if you stay in the game and you've got the the chops, you're gonna get to hand it something eventually. The amount of stuff he's done. If you look at his yeah. IMDb or Wiki or whatever, it it boggles the mind how much that man is worth. Well, he's one of those guys so, where you read it and you're like, oh yeah, that he was. I remember, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, like Super Troopers. Super Troopers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, hi. Sorry to bug you, but this is the point where I talk to Sarah about the end of season two of Succession. And I've got to say, I really don't think we reveal anything specific, but I know some people hate spoilers of any kind, so consider yourself warned. Okay. Right now, I'm warning you. Skip ahead 30 seconds, and you'll miss it. All right? Okay, now's your chance. Hit the skip button, unless you don't want to, because here we go. The end of that fucking season was so good, right? Now I'm just going to be like a fan of the show. That was crazy. (laughs) It's great. I didn't know that was coming, and I got to read it. uh, Until day of? It was sort of like... No. No, it was handed out the day before. No, I read it. The day of the final read through, no one knew. No, I mean Jeremy apparently knew, and Brian I think knew, but I didn't. And I, it was like being handed out, and I ran to my green room, and I'm like flipping through the pages and getting through and loving it. And you know, the script is like 85 pages long or something crazy. And then got to the end, and by myself in 
in my trailer going, oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? What's going to happen? Um, so, yeah, I, I want to get back and shoot season three to find out. God damn it. Right. So you're telling yeah. me like, because this is like this is like very sophisticated kind of dead on satire. It is a comedy. It's easy to forget that. Mm. Right. Mm, Structurally, mm, really. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. by nature of it, but uh, but it's heavy. So, what it, you talked about improvising? How much room is there really for that? Does is that? I think. Do you know? I think it comes down to um, what we were talking about before with the writers knowing what the series arc is going to be, knowing exactly what the characters are going to be doing. That nothing ever changes in the plot, and nothing ever changes in the um, structure of the scene so much. But there is improvising around how the line is said, what is said in the line. Like if you've got an insult here, then there's nine different versions of that insult you could choose. Oh, the, oh so, really gonna... so you don't come up with it necessarily? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kieran and, and the people who are better at it than I am certainly do. But there's a few things. Like I love creating um, my favorite kinds of imp- improvising is creating a memory that didn't exist before between oh, yeah. the characters. Yeah. There was one... Um, we were talking about the ghost train, I think, in the second episode, and we, Tom and Shiva walking along and was talking about something about the ghost train, and then it just occurred to me to say, "Oh yeah, I gave my first hand job in a ghost train, in the ghost train," and then keep walking. And like that now is like it created a memory for Shiv that that was that was the case. <laughs> That's not not in the script, but sure, why not? Why That's not? What she did. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah, and it's stuck. And that kind of stuff I love, and that doesn't influence plot or anything like that. Right, it's but just, it's a detail. It's a detail. And it's yours. We get to improvise the details. Yeah, it yeah. is. Yeah, That's yeah, a... <laughs> yeah. And that, like, uh, felt right for Shiv. That Alan Ruck. I mean, to see him again doing his like that. What's yeah. just a crazy, beautiful character? Everyone's so good. <laughs> yeah, he's so wonderful. He he's is. another one who can just drop in a line or drop in a. He's great at having the uh, different versions of lines as well. That's... Oh, really? We had one scene where something like, uh, "Yeah, she rode you." It was talking about Raya and how Raya had fucked over Shiv and he just had like endless versions of, yeah, she rode you like, yeah, she just. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. The Kept different going. Kept going. Were great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was, what was the, the sort of ticket into this? What was the portal into this character? What, you know, how did it, you know, like, you know, what was the thing that you kind of locked into to make her work? I think it was the dynamic in the siblings that made it work. Uh-huh. I, like, I, like I grew up as the youngest of three right? and by a decent amount um, of age gap. So I was able to sort of grow up and see what they did and the ways that they had success or failures in the family dynamic as well as their own sort of personal lives. And then I was able to kind of go, oh, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do that. Yeah, Like someone doing it before, you get a – you get a chance to see how right. you might do your own life as a blueprint. And then I think Shiv is kind of like that. She's the youngest of <clears throat> of the four. And I feel like she and her, like her parents, like Logan and Caroline would have broken up at the similar kind of age uh-huh. I was when my parents left. So just sort of what is it? Yeah, like we were saying, what is it of me that is the character? Right. <laughs> and, then, and then fold in. What did you add fold in? Fold in the other part that. Oh, the, the confidence, the sort of the sass, and the um, and the 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 um, she. I feel like she's good at at, at uh, 
pretending not to consider somebody else's point of view. Like she'll just double down on her position. She won't, um, she'll right. just blank somebody. Right. <laughs> if they've got a, got a different way of thinking about just, it. Uh, just steamroll right through it. Steamroll. Yeah. 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 And those were decisions yeah. you made that that you can hang the character on. This felt right. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that she's got a difficulty. She's being vulnerable. She doesn't like to be vulnerable. She doesn't want ever to be in that position where she's not in control and not in power. I think that's why she's with um, a lot of why she's probably with Tom. But none of them really want to be vulnerable. No, yeah. I mean, that's the whole no, trick I, to the language of the thing. Everyone's avoiding vulnerability. And it's just Jeremy's character, by virtue of the fact that he's a complete fucking drug addict, is the only one that can't help but be vulnerable. And then that turns out yeah. to maybe be a trick. I think maybe that's what it is about the show that people like, in that the, here's a family who seem to have otherwise everything um, financially and, and tangibly, but they are also just as afraid of being vulnerable as everybody else. Yeah, it's weird how the characters show their vulnerability when you start to learn about, you know, Kieran's sexual problems and Jeremy's drug problems and uh, yeah. your um, I, what is what is your commitment uh, issues? Yeah, <laughs> that, like that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty it's pretty solid that Tom on on in the in that episode ten says on our wedding night you asked to have an open marriage. That's rough. That's like. Right, but also just, like that. Just that got married, and then she says, "By the way, that." But that doofus that you fuck in the show, like it makes <laughs> it makes me mad that that's like I'm like, come on, Shiv, you're better than this. <laughs> yeah, she could have she could have gone further afield. She yeah, could have found something, somebody. you know. And yeah, the, yeah. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a great show. So, how does it feel? Are you excited about the Emmy nomination? That's got to be exciting. Yeah. I don't know. That if sounded we're... unconvincing, but yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes, I think you're trying definitely. to be uh, you're trying to be humble. That's okay. You can try. No, no. Do you know what it is? What? It's it's being so distant from it because, in the same way as as feeling how do you, how does someone from Australia break into American TV? I feel like getting an Emmy nomination and being in lockdown in Melbourne is right. It feels close to a surrealist. Dream. Yeah, well, wait, wait till this, wait till you do the ceremony on Zoom. The whole thing. No, I got an email asking like, what would I be comfortable with? Just because I think they're planning, like, what are they going to do? And it's so, it, you know, it'll be, it'll be streamed. I, 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 in what context? Who knows? But oh, it's <laughs> so sad. Home you're gonna have to like, you, who's gonna get you? How are you gonna get a dress? Do I want to dress up? I mean, I'm no, in my pajamas do it like this. right now. Yeah. No, I'm not, but close enough. I'm in my prison grays. I've got my gray trackies and my gray t-shirt. Do it like this. I think it's the way to go. And you should be eating. I think so. While you're waiting eating to, popcorn, yeah, sure. to, to, yeah. to see whether you like, won. Uh, a Slurpee. So like great. You know, really loud, great. annoying yeah. food around my face. I, I, I'm, yeah, I think you'll stuff. be nominated for another Emmy for your Emmy performance. <laughs> sure and then maybe i'll get to go to the ceremony yeah <laughs> well i but you're excited oh yeah i mean, how could you not be yeah it, I, reading reading your name in a group of those women is like uh, uh who else I was know. it i didn't read, i didn't i don't know who. helena bonham carter um mm. uh meryl streep wow Fiona um, shaw uh tanny newton Oh yeah, Julia from Ozark, um, Ghana. Um, oh, she's good. Yeah, Laura Dern. Wow. You know, I mean, Jesus. <laughs> I have no right to be in that group. He's just making these names up. He just 
<laughs> just listing just the best people in the world. I'm like, yeah, but they can't all be in one category. I'm like, yeah, go figure. Yeah. Oh, that's know, exciting. Yeah. That'll be exciting but, to see you all in little yeah. squares in your different environments. Yeah, we get to see into people's homes. I don't know how they're going to, I don't know what the plan is. Maybe they'll give everybody yeah. a backdrop. And stream. They, yeah, like a camera crew could come or they'll take you to, because also we'll have just come out of lockdown maybe four days, five days beforehand. Because our lockdown at the moment is is you can't have anyone to your house. You can't go anywhere. You can't have anyone over. Um and that lasts until September 13, I think. We've got another six weeks. Really? And so that well, How bad was is, the fucking outbreak? Not that bad, comparatively. Right. We were on 100 or so cases a day. Um, and we went into the first lockdown, in, end of July. Yeah. And then they were getting 700 cases a day in Victoria. So they doubled down on that and said, you can't leave your house at all. Except for an hour of exercise or if you have to go to work elsewhere or study. Um and so now that six weeks is until the 13th, I think, of September. So it's not um, out of control. They're just doing the right thing. They're just trying to do the right thing. We have It's compulsory to wear masks, and everyone does, which is nice. It, there's a few people who tried to make it political and yeah, you've got some, against freedom. You've got some dummies there, but too. We do. Yeah. We do. But for the most part, people are, um, are wearing... I just don't understand. Because I, I had like a, a, I sneezed twice and was like, <gasps> what if I kill somebody? Yeah. It's not. It's not like I'm afraid of other people. Right. I'm afraid of, of hurting somebody sure. else. Yeah. So if why would you not wear a mask if if it could be possible? Oh, because those people else? are selfish monsters. Yeah. And they can't I, think that way. I don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. I do, there's a there's a problem that like you know it's like you try to be empathetic and you, you realize like I'm hitting a wall here because I mm-hmm. I don't understand the humanity of what you're mm-hmm. fucking doing. Yeah. I but it, it's a very individualist kind of approach, and I, I just really don't get on board with that yeah. for humanity. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, yeah. someday you'll have to play. You're going to have to play a mask protester, and, oh, and find the heart yeah. in there. Yeah, <laughs> that could be fun. Yeah, I think It'd be so. interesting. Well, I look, don't understand them. So, did you eat breakfast? What happens now? You're up. It's early. I ate breakfast. Okay. I ate leftovers for breakfast. That's good. I had, I, I roasted some eggplant and roasted some capsicum and then put it on toast with an egg this morning. I was very impressed with myself. Wow. You roasted <laughs> the eggplant was... last night? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's and nice. And I ate it last night with the capsicum last night. and Oh, red pepper. Red and pepper, then, yeah. Um, and then had it. On Eggplant's tricky, man. No. I always thought eggplant was tricky, too. It's not. Just cut it up, mm-hmm. two centimeter rounds, mm-hmm. in the oven at two twenty degrees yeah. Celsius. So yeah. I don't know what that is Fahrenheit. Okay, thirty five minutes. Salt. Bit of oil on top. Oil. That's it. Huh. That's it. Yeah. The little Salt eggplant or the big eggplant. Mm, uh-huh. That size big. Okay. Is okay. Not the not the little. Like, it didn't get uh, tight and spongy and like. Nope. All right. Nope. Okay. Okay. Soft okay. and yummy. Yeah. Okay. Just... <laughs> you believe me? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I'd, I'd like it's, to. I'm... Have. How many times have you done it? This is like my fourth, fifth. Oh, I'm okay. just I'm just sharing it because I'm not a cook and I've really learned to cook this year because of this pandemic. I, I've never been interested. It's always kind of bored me. Uh, cooking for myself, you know, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Or, or I would be cooking for other people and I'd get too adventurous and put way too many things in it. Sure, it yeah, like yeah, shit. yeah, yeah. But now for some reason, now I have time to fail. I, I have tried and it's I'm finding ways to 
you know, well, it's only four like times. Oh, good. You're feeding yourself like an adult. <laughs> well, I'm, I, well, I'll, let me, I'm very proud of you. I'm good for Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm drinking like an adult and feeding like an adult. Well, good exactly. for you. It's about time. We've all been waiting. <laughs> Well, yeah. well, good luck with the uh, break a leg. Hope you win an Emmy. I'm, I'm very happy we talked. I love the show. I love your work. It was great getting to know Thanks. you. Yeah, thank you. Maybe Thanks I'll see you in, in real life someday. Yeah, that'd be great. All right, take it easy. <laughs> you too. Well, that was very enjoyable. What a sweet person. I'd like to meet her in person. Uh, both seasons of Succession are streaming on HBO Max and HBO On Demand. She's also in the HBO Max original movie, An American Pickle, with Seth Rogen, who I think is back in, on good terms with the world's Jews. And now I will play guitar for you, as usual.